T to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some drive. Everybody certified, it's pocket rock, ain't tell no lies. You really my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Hey, welcome to the Commander's Declassified Podcast, your source for Washington football commander's information. My name is Eric. Our main host, Ellie, he is still on vacation roaming the countryside this week. Must be nice. Uh, my guy, Brian, is here. He he overcame his vacation to, to join us today. What's up, Brian? <laughs> What's going on, man? Uh, everything is uh, good. We got a uh, special guest in the house tonight. We've got uh, Rashad. I think you've heard him before here on the Declassified podcast. Rashad, what's going on, man? I'm good. How are you guys? Yeah, at Damage DC fan on all platforms if you're listening. But yeah. Oh, we'll we'll give you plenty of chances to to promote that. Don't worry. Cool. Cool. I didn't know. At Damage DC fan. Yeah. No. You already got more Twitter followers than me. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a flex at all, by the way. We're doing really good. (laughs) Training camp. We've got two days in the books now of uh, of training camp, and uh, there's there's a lot going on. There's a lot being reported. Um, I'll start off with the this first thing. Uh, Eric, AGG, Antonio Gandy Golden retired today. What uh, what you think about that? Is it really retiring when you've only played two years? I don't think it is. Like I think there's like a, a minimum, and I think it's more than two years. But he he stepped away from football. Um. You know, I think the writing maybe was on the wall there. Although, you know, Rivera has been praising him, uh, how he's doing at tight end. But I think just, you know, suggesting a position switch at this point in his career, it's basically leads to a lost season because he's, you know, as a first-year tight end, brand-new position in, in the NFL. It's going to be a tough switch. I think maybe it was just uh, AGG just, you know, didn't have it in him to, to do it anymore. And, uh, you know, more power to him going back to school. Good for him. No, absolutely. Rashad, what do you think of uh, AGG calling it uh, quits? I was, I don't want to say sad because when we drafted him, I was actually excited to see what we would do with him. But to see that nothing was really made of it, and we thought he was going to get cut last year. So it's not, it doesn't really affect the roster, but it's kind of like, wow, retiring already. We just drafted him in 2020. Yeah. It, uh, it's one of those things where you, you look at it and you say, he's a fourth round pick. You know, granted, you're not thinking that a fourth round pick will automatically turn out to be a starter, but certainly a uh, important backup, a contributor on special teams. It just seems like such a wasted pick. It's it's a um, you know, it's not surprising because, uh, like Eric said, he hasn't played at all. Uh, I mean, he he wasn't good enough to stick around as a wide receiver. And now to expect him to all of a sudden become a tight end and actually have to block uh nfl uh defensive ends like I, I just couldn't see that happening so i'm not surprised uh of it but it just seems like a big waste i feel like uh, the scouting department needs to get a little bit better they need to find guys who are committed to uh to playing football like i know there's some athletes who hey they're big they're fast so they play football but it's got to mean something to these guys but uh um, very, very interesting to see. And I hope he does well, you know, whatever he does, if he's finishing his education, I think that's probably, uh, you know, the best way to go, um, you know, from, uh, you know, from that. Um, one of the other so things that, oh, oh uh, sorry, the tight end room got, got more interesting though. I think Curtis Hodges and Samus Reyes, I mean, it meant a lot to them. I can tell you that much. Cause, uh, it's one less guy they got to fight off to make the roster. Right. Um, and you know, I think Hodges might, might have the inside track now. Uh, because he's a giant, um, and giants just make the football team, don't they? Um, I, we saw that dude is like six eight. He's just a monster. Uh, Sammy's and Doc huge Walker too, loves him. Sammy's huge too. Uh, I don't know. I think I, it's more of the mystery of Hodges because I didn't really get to see enough of him. Because Sammy, I just I'm kind of with Ellie on this one. Um, I don't. I just don't know that he's gonna do it. But yeah, right. uh, he could prove me wrong as well. Um, he's actually on the field now, so that was good. He was on a bike all all off season, so. I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the story. Uh, you know, our good buddy uh, Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times uh, Dispatch. Um, he had done a story on uh, Reyes, and uh, Reyes has been determined this offseason. He actually bought a jugs machine and put it in his the trunk of his car. So wherever he was at to work out, he pulled out the jugs machine. His girlfriend loaded the balls in there, and he caught passes every day. So, uh, you know, somebody like that. I know we're talking about a fourth tight end, but. 
he clearly wants it and he's not going to uh he's not going to stop you're going to have to cut him right. um so that's just somebody i you know it's really easy for me to root for somebody like that who's putting forth uh that effort and he's gotten into games as a blocker like he can block people and he's aggressive we'll we'll see if he can catch um you know that may not be uh, his strong suit but yeah. he can at least block somebody so i'm pulling for reyes what what about you rashad are you are you a reyes guy or are you uh this curtis hodges guy i i just want us to actually get a third tight end because we haven't had one in so long so i just hope we now that we have two guys that you can actually look at them like oh they both can actually make the team i'm just happy to see what the result is like i i'm not a, I, don't, I can't pick a side really I got you. Yeah, I think I you. you're going to have both of them on the roster. Uh, I think, you know, you got, you've got a roster spot and a practice squad spot, uh, yeah. and I think both of them, that's where they end up. Uh, so we'll just have to see how the preseason plays out. Right. My money's on Hodges, though. <laughs> I feel like Ron's going to find a way to keep Reyes on the roster, though. Somehow. He might be one of his guys, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a Ron guy. Ron, yeah, he, he'll be the new Troy Apke somehow, and Ron will just come out and say he's the best special teams player ever somehow. But uh, uh, one of the other things that we've seen so far in training camp, it just happened today, was a big Carson Wentz connection to Jahan Dotson deep down the field. Everybody saw the video. Everybody's going nuts. It's practice. Um, but uh, what did you guys think of that? I mean, this was a three-step drop throw the ball out on time, deep down the field. Jahan Dotson looked like he was walking, even though he was running full speed. Right. And uh, St. Juice just fell down. Rashad, what uh, what'd you think of that uh, that deep ball there? I'm not going to lie. I've watched that video an <laughs> yes. insane amount of time. Because yes. regardless of what you want to say about Carson Wentz or want to say about Taylor Heineke, like we haven't had a quarterback capable of throwing that ball in a long time. Well, there's like, we we just haven't had anybody capable. So just seeing it early, it's like okay, we at least have the option of a pass over twenty yards. Like you have to actually fear that now. Yeah. And I want I want Dawson to be good so bad. I just I just want him to be good for the sake of everybody else. Yeah. I mean, he he looked so smooth when he caught that, and then uh, Saint Juice was just grasping at air and just fell down. Eric, what uh, what did you think about watching that video or seeing that? Yeah, it was a great throw, great catch. I love to see it, but you got to remember that it was like one of three completions the offense had today. So I'm not right. super excited about it, but it was a beautiful play. Um, you know, it was it's exactly what you want to see out of uh, that combination. I mean, it was a, a really nice throw, and Dotson like knew what to do when the ball was in there because that was a tough catch. I mean, it was over his outside yeah. shoulder. If you yeah. saw it, I mean, it was a that was a legit catch. That's an NFL level catch. Uh, so good, good on him. I hope to see a lot, lot more of it, but we'll we'll see what's to come. Well, and Eric, you just brought up a, a great point to go along with it. So we saw the great deep ball from Carson Wentz, but you also mentioned the inconsistency that the offense showed. A lot of incompletions, a lot of drop passes, but also a lot of pass breakups by uh, the defense. Uh, Rashad, what did you think about some of the uh, kind of up and down nature of the offense so far? I feel like in the beginning, defenses usually win in camps, so I'm not that upset. And they hear the players that are making plays. Like, if you're a Commanders fan, the, these are players that you want to hear making plays. Like, yeah. I think I heard Kendall Fuller was everywhere. Yeah. I think da Jamin Davis had a breakup. Either Davis broke it up and Holcomb caught the pick or vice versa. Like, these are players you want to hear taking the step. So it's really, are you more so, do you like the defense having a good day or are you going to take it as the offense having a bad day? That's how I feel about it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Defense usually kind of wins early in camp. It's later in camp when you see the offense start to come together. And also, too, these wide receivers aren't used to uh, – and, and, you know, this is not to, uh, to, 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 to rag on Heineke, but they're not used to the ball coming out that fast. And they're not used to coming out uh, with the ball coming out with that velocity to them. So there's going to take some adjustment. Terry wasn't there. I think he had a couple of uh, uh, drops. So I, I think – you know, it's clear that he's got the uh, the rhythm with uh, Jahan Dotson. He's got to get that developed with uh, with Terry here. So, yeah, I think they're still working some things out uh, when it comes uh, when it comes to that. Eric, any any thoughts on the kind of up and down uh, nature on the uh, the offense? Yeah. So Ron Rivera made a really good point in his press conference um, after practice, and he said, "You got to understand that we're not we're not game planning. Like we're just calling plays and we're running it against the play that the defense calls. And a lot of times." You know, there's not 
they, they don't line up. Like if you call a play that and they call a coverage, that play's not going to work against the play's not going to work, but they're not changing plays at the line or anything. They're not doing any of that right now. We're just lining up. I'm calling this play. They're calling that play. So in that case, the defense has the advantage in a lot of cases. So that was, I thought that was a really good point as to, you know, explaining maybe why there was more, uh, you know, there was more of, uh, the defense winning today. It was just because they were in a better position to win. Plus you get, you know, you've got a lot more new players on the offensive side of the ball than you do on the defense. Those guys all played together last year for the most part. Um, so yeah, it's not super concerning. Um, it's good to see, you know, uh, a, a couple of nice offensive plays and you'll see more as camp progresses and as preseason goes in, you know, as they start to, you know, as he said, game plan, you'll see, you know, more hopefully of the offense winning, but yeah, today definitely not a cause for concern. No, I agree. No, it's way too early for anybody to uh, to get nervous or to uh, to to start the warning sirens uh, just yet. Uh, let's stick with the offense and uh, go to the offensive line. There was a couple of things that happened today. I know um, for the, the the first two days, uh, Andrew Norrell, Trey Turner. I think uh, I've read that uh, those guys have fit in well, very nicely. I think Andrew Norwell, um, you know, basically stoned a couple of the pass rushers a couple of times. Um, you know, I've always thought that those two would just kind of fit right in and be seamless. I know some other people don't kind of have that same thought process. Rashad, what do you think about uh, Norwell and Turner kind of being dropped into those two guard spots and, uh, and uh, you know, how they're doing so far? I feel like they're two veterans that have been very good. We're not necessarily asking them to play at their prime, but just to be a good percentage of them and to basically – let go of Brandon Scherr for the price of Norwell and Trey Turner. I don't, I don't hate, I don't hate it. Like I hope they fit in well. And I saw Rulier was off the pup list, right? Yep, Rulier just activated today off of the pup list, so that means uh, either tomorrow or within the next couple of days he can start actually practicing and being ramped up towards uh, full speed. Uh, Eric, what are your thoughts on uh, Rulier and uh, the two guards that we got? Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, Trey Turner, I believe, was out of practice today. I don't. They didn't say why. I don't know if it was excused absence or what, but he wasn't there. So you had three fifths of the offensive line today. Maybe another reason for the struggles. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So yeah, I mean, I think that I don't know that Turner is necessarily an upgrade over Sheriff, but I think Norwell is an upgrade over uh, Flowers from last year, and I think it balances out really well. Um, both of them are experienced offensive linemen. They know this offense. Um, and they're both, you know, may have lost some of the physicality, but they are both really good technicians at the guard position. So they can make up in skill what they lack, maybe in some of the athletic ability that they may have lost. I'm not worried about the guard position at all, other than the possibility of injury, which is always a possibility. But these guys have been relatively healthy most of their careers. So really giving us no reason to worry about that. I think um, the offensive line should be should be fine. It's really it's good to, to see that Rulier's back. They can start to build some of that chemistry. The interior offensive line really needs to get a lot of work in together. So hopefully they can get that rolling soon. Yeah, I, I agree. I am really excited about Rulier being activated. When he's healthy, he's a top 10 center in the NFL, and having him back just makes the entire offensive line that much better. And then Norwell and Turner are pros. I mean, are they going to be pro bowlers? Probably not, but they're going to be solid starting guards. Like, you're not going to have to worry about them not knowing what to do. So uh, I'm excited uh, to hear that. But uh, sticking with the offense, and uh, I know this one's going to pain L.E., Antonio Gibson was on the side field today. That's like the worst thing any Washington running back in here is side field. Eric, start us off with mm -hmm. uh, Antonio Gibson side field hearing that. Yeah, we got to do a wellness check on Ellie actually with Antonio <laughs> Gandy Golden being on and Gibson being on the sideline. I don't think yeah. he's doing well. No, no, uh, he, he can't be enjoying his vacation right now. Um, yeah, that's you know, concerning. I, I I'm not worried about it yet. It's the second day of camp, although, you know, he's had a month of not being injured or, uh, you know, a month to heal up, you know, from his, I, apparently he tweaked a hamstring in, in OTAs a little bit and he's still, I guess, dealing with that. So is it going to turn into a Curtis Samuel thing? But yeah, it's an opportunity for somebody like Brian Robinson, your guy, um, you know, That's he's it. got, you know, it's laid out for him because there's really not another lead back. I mean, McKissick is an excellent, third down back an excellent like change of pace back but i don't know that he's going to be a load carrier um and uh oh i forgot his name little guy 
He's oh, Jared Patterson. Yeah. Jared Patterson. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm terrible with names. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he, we saw what he could do last year. He's a quality backup, but again, he's not a guy who can carry the load. So the opportunity is there uh, for Brian Robinson to really get a lot of reps and to really run with it and see what he can do. Uh, that's exciting to me uh, because he really, and, you know, people say that he looks good in camp. I've heard, you know, he's a oh, really yeah. good, like one cut and go kind of back. That's exciting to see what he's gonna what he's gonna be able to do in this system. Um, and you know, hopefully, you know, Gibson get well soon, but don't hurry back, I guess. <laughs> Rashad, <laughs> uh Gibson on the side field. What'd you think when you heard the I, I started to understand more and more why Ron Rivera took Brian Robinson? Because on draft day, I was like, Why did we take another running back in the third yeah. round? And then seeing gibson's health issues early it's like oh this is why you took a guy like that that could potentially carry the load if gibson either comes in hurt or gets hurt in the middle of the season but yeah. it's not good to hear early like before we even even really get into contact drills he's in hamstrings that and the third it's not good but give yeah, it, this was very concerning right we we had heard the reports in the offseason about gibson getting his body into better shape losing some weight gaining more muscle, that type of thing. And you're like, okay, great. He's starting to kind of figure this thing out, take his profession seriously. He was going to come and attack this season. And then he gets this injury. Um, Yeah, it is is kind of a letdown. Um, But I think Eric's right. This is an opportunity for somebody like a Brian Robinson uh, Jr. to come in. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. came from Alabama. He's come from a highly competitive environment where – He's always, you know, guys are trying to take his job and he's trying to take somebody else's job. So, um, you know, Gibson better not let this injury linger because, you know, Brian Robinson will take full advantage of this. Sorry, Ellie. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, Gibson can, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's not serious and he gets uh, he gets healthy. But that uh, the side field for any Washington offensive player is uh, not a good place uh, to be. Speaking of the side field, uh, the, the former star of the side field, Curtis Samuel, I think so far has been pain-free these first two days and uh, I think put a nice move on a, a linebacker uh, or a cornerback uh, today and uh, and uh, ran it in for a touchdown. Um, Curtis Samuel, Eric, uh, any thoughts about kind of how he's doing finally? Looks like uh, he's moving around, uh, you know, injury-free. Yeah, cautious optimism. I don't want to get too excited because it's two practices in a row, but that's a huge deal. But uh, just take every precaution and get yourself out there so you're healthy when the when the season starts. I couldn't care less if Samuel plays in the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I just want him out there week one, healthy and ready to go. So it's great to see that. Uh, I, I haven't seen a clip. I don't know if one exists of him putting the juke. I think it was on St. Juice, I want to say. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'd love to see that. I, I, I've only read the, read, read the legend, but I'd love to be able to see something like that because, I mean, I remember the Curtis Samuel from Carolina, and he was that dude that could do it. And yeah. it's really exciting if he's a part of this offense because, man, I, I really like that guy if he's healthy. Yeah, uh, agreed. He can be a special player uh, when healthy. Uh, Rashad, any uh, thoughts on uh, Curtis Samuel and how he's uh, looking so far? I don't, I don't know if Terry was offering some, you know, extra, I don't know, Ohio State bias or if he was on the team. But when he, after that juke on St. Juice, he was like, man, I haven't seen a move like that since Ohio State. It's like, don't get my hopes up, man. Don't get my <laughs> hopes up, please. For the sake. Like, I've been trying to stay composed. Like, okay, he's back. But, like, what is he really going to do? It's like, you, the guy who's played with him before, like, oh, he's kind of looking like Ohio State again. It's like, don't get me excited, Terry. Please don't. <laughs> Yeah. But it's good news for all Commanders fans, though, because everybody wants to just see him play. He has yes. not played for us since we signed him. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. Uh, I, I I hope he is better. To me, he, it's almost like an extra player, like he's an extra draft pick because you got nothing from him last year, so you don't even, you know, you can't say that you missed his production because we never had it. So if he can come right. in this year and be healthy, I mean, that's just that's huge for everybody. It just makes everybody's job easier, Carson's um scott turner so uh hoping let's make it three days tomorrow in a row for him uh to be uh injury free um and then you know switching over to uh defense uh we we know chase is on the pup list chase young um 
James Smith Williams. I am not a fan of James Smith Williams, but uh, he's who we got. Um, I think uh, he took some reps uh, at the Chase's spot with the first team. I think they were rotating some other guys in there. But Rashad, I'll go with you first. What are your thoughts about James Swift Williams? Do you like him as a player, or is there another defensive end that you want to see get some run here while Chase is out? Um, based on the depth on the roster, it's basically – do you want this seventh round pick or that seventh round pick? So it's, it's kind of hard to say, oh, I want this guy over that guy. But I feel like we should have added, I don't know, a vet or just another player because we knew Chase might not be healthy week one and we put him on the pub list. And last year we kind of saw the huge drop-off. Like You're not going to get a Chase Young coming off in a rotation, but the drop-off between him and everybody else we were rotating in was huge and we just didn't address it in the draft or free agency. So I was interested to see if they just wanted to let the guys develop or not. But I don't know how to feel about it because that's that's like you said, that's what we have. And he's a young guy, so he has to de- he has to play to develop, but I don't know what to really say about him yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you you bring up a good point is that the team didn't address it, right? You, you you know Chase got injured last year halfway through the year or whatever it was. And you made no moves uh, to do anything with it, whether through the draft or free agency. So um, very curious kind of decision there. I know Ron is always confident in his guys. But, uh, Eric, what what do you think about James Smith-Williams or any of these other defensive ends that we have? Uh, who do you want to see kind of get this run here while Chase yeah. is out? Well, I'll just uh, remind you guys that the defense stunk on ice in the first half of the season last year and really didn't start turning around until James Smith Williams was inserted into the starting lineup. Yeah. Um, They got, I mean, it's facts is facts, man. They, they played better when he was in the lineup. And I I think maybe it was chase working too hard, trying to do too much. Don't know what it was, but, uh, James Smith Williams, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony, those guys are all here. Uh, I still think they should have moved Shaka to, to Sam linebacker, and I'm going to say that until the day I die. But um, uh, I, I'm okay with with Smith Williams. He's a, everyone knows he's a depth guy, but he's a quality depth guy in my opinion. Right. I don't think he's as bad as Brian says he is. Brian puts him on that uh, Bobby McCain level, I think. But um, <laughs> but uh, of hatred. But no, I, I don't have a problem with James. I mean, he's it's the second day of camp, and your star defensive end's not in. You've got your backup in there. Um, and you know he's not the you know he's not a world beater, but I, I don't know. Knowing that Chase Young was coming back, I don't know that you address defensive end with a high pick. Um, and you know, and, and if you don't address it with a high pick or an expensive free agent because it's the same deal but more money, then you're just you know you're bringing in another late round pick to compete with the late round picks you already got. Right. Yeah. And the guys you already got produced last year. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it, and we'll see where it progresses to. I think Smith-Williams is going to see the field quite a bit this year anyway. So why not let him get some run early in camp with the starters while Chase recovers? Yeah, and, and it's not that I I think James Smith-Williams is awful. He is a run-stopping defensive end. He offers very little uh, in way of pass rush. Like, he's not uh, going to rush the passer, not ever, not at all. He's good against the run. I'll give him that. He's good against the run. But um, when your defense relies solely on the front four to get pressure and to rush the passer, to me, that's an obvious need, right? You, your star goes down. You've got to do something, uh, bring someone in to help with that pass rush. So, you know, getting a situational pass rusher late in the draft or maybe in free agency to me is kind of where I was going. It's probably why I dislike uh, a James Smith-Williams so much because he is he's just so- a – stuffer type guy um, yeah, hopefully this, uh, or William Bradley King can probably um you know get some uh, run there but uh isn't uh Ife Obata is that the guy's name Obata wasn't he the Obata, a situational pass rusher I thought they brought in uh, I hope did? I hope he gets uh, I, I might be wrong on that but I don't know yeah we'll see I mean <clears throat> situational pass rush, I mean I that yo you can't have enough of those guys yep um you know those guys get sacks uh you know, but there's only so many roster spots, I guess. And uh, we also were busy not addressing linebackers, so I don't know how we would have gotten one. Yeah, I don't, I, don't know what's, <laughs> I don't know what's going on defense. Like, we didn't address well, – we didn't really address corner. We didn't address – we just – said, no, the defense is going to be good. We don't We don't need it. We, let's just get another D tackle, but we don't need anything else. Yeah, well, that's, that's – and that's exactly right, and that takes me into uh, – you, you just mentioned it right there, uh, Rashad, with uh, with linebacker. Um Let's let's talk about Jamin and, and um, you know, 
what you guys want to see of his progress. He he had a pass breakup, but you know we still don't know too much of kind of where he's going to land. And then do we need another linebacker, Rashad? What do you, what do you think about Jamin's uh, uh, progress? And then do you think uh, it sounds like you think we need some more linebackers? If we're going to run a four or three, I feel like we need a third linebacker, and we don't have that. But I think it's in the name. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's in the name. The, the three is there. We just like, no, nah, we just need two. Like, we, the third one's just irrelevant. I don't understand it personally, but maybe we'll figure it out. But I just hope Jamin uh, this year just doesn't look, I don't want to say, yeah, for lack of a better word, just doesn't look as lost on the field. Like, because he has all the, like, he's athletically gifted to do everything. He just looked lost on the field. So maybe he, we, you know, he learns the defense. Maybe we can actually figure out his role. He might not look as lost. Because I think Cole Holcomb is very good, but I don't think he should be the best linebacker of your three. Two. And then no. the third linebacker, <laughs> who who was who was designated to start there if the season started right now? Like, who would that be? Uh, you're you're looking at that Buffalo nickel. Yeah, you're looking at the Buffalo nickel, or you're looking at David Mayo or Kalik Hudson. I mean, this is what I'm saying. Like, that's, yeah, that's that's what that's what we got there. Uh, yeah. Aaron, what uh, what do you think about uh, Jamin's uh, progress so far? And then uh, you know thoughts about uh, another linebacker. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his progress. I mean, other than hearing the the PDU in practice today, I haven't heard his name. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. He really needs to be a lot better this year. Um, yeah, he I, has I really to need to see him. And I think he will. I think he'll improve. I mean, he's got a year in. You got to remember the dude only started 11 games in college, and then he went in as a starting NFL linebacker. That's tough, man. And for a young guy, uh, and not everybody, you know, and of course, Michael Parsons came in last year, and everybody gets compared to him. That's just not uh, fair. Which is not fair, yeah. But, you know, he had a an okay season for a rookie last year. As on the rookie scale, if you take out Micah Parsons, he actually had a pretty good year among the rookie linebackers. But he needs to be a good NFL football player this year. He needs to be a disruptive, like, he needs to make a lot of plays. Uh, he has all the ability in the world, you said it. Um, but it's just, he's got to do it, and we got to see him do it. I, I can I don't want to hear about him doing it or hear what he's doing. I don't want to hear things about him in practice with the coaches say. I just want to go out there, and and I can't form an opinion yet because I haven't seen him do it. Uh, when preseason starts, regular season starts, the dude's got to start making plays. He's got, like, Darius Leonard ability. I promise you he does. Um, it's just got to come out. He's got to figure out what he's doing. I don't know if he'll ever be at that level, but that's the type of athlete he is, and I, he really – it would be really disappointing if he doesn't improve a lot this year for me. Yeah, I think I think both of you guys are right. I mean, Jamin Davis is a first round pick, and we're barely hearing his name. Right? It's not. It's, he's not James Smith Williams. He's not uh, Shaka Tony. He's not a seventh right. round. Pick. He's a first round pick. We all, articles, videos, everything should be centered around Jamin Davis, what he's doing, how he looks. But we hear nothing about him, and that that is a little worrisome that all we're hearing about him is a pass breakup here or there. Um, if if that defense is going to be better, it's going to be because he has a really good year. So we really need him to uh, to get better because uh, we we need more than one linebacker, which is all we run with right now, which is just Cole Holcomb. Hey, who's a good player, and I think uh, I think he'll have another good season for us. But uh, it's just not enough. We need other guys to step up. Um, so hopefully, Jamin uh, can. Uh, can uh, can do that uh, for us, but um, secondary, um, you know, we we've heard even back to OTAs and mini camps, we heard how St. Juice looked so good and uh, was locking people up and things like that. And and for the, maybe the first two days, uh, you know, we've heard uh, similar. Uh, Rashad, kind of, what's your thoughts about um, St. Juice, who uh, rookie year wasn't uh, wasn't very good? I I don't know what our plan was with him last year like was he supposed to be a big slot or like he was supposed to be outside but he was kind of we kind of just threw him anywhere and then when we did throw him anywhere he'd be on an island by himself and it's like wait he's not that guy what are we doing we just throw a rookie out there to to die almost yeah. so i hope he i hope he takes the jump but it doesn't look good because apparently Curtis Samuel juked him. Jahan Dotson made the catch on him. So it's not looking good visually for St. Juice, but I hope he takes another jump because William Jackson has to be good or we really blew all of that money. Because Kendall Fuller, I feel like one of the more underrated corners in the league, oh, but exactly. all eyes are on William Jackson because we paid.
paid him all that money and last year was not good. Yeah. And I think uh, a big thing with William Jackson was Del Rio not using him to his strength. So hopefully that too. Yeah. So hopefully Del Rio kind of comes to his senses uh, with that. But uh, with St. Juice, Eric, you you read something uh, earlier about St. Juice that uh, Rivera yeah. said. You uh, you you want to share that with us? Because I thought that was uh, I, I hadn't heard that, and that's a uh, that's a big thing. Yeah, during his presser today, it was like just this little throwaway com- comment that he made. But he did mention that Benjamin St. Juice was um, was lining up in the Buffalo nickel and looked really good. This is the first I've heard of that. Like you heard about you know the uh, Derek Forrests or yeah. the Percy yeah. Butlers, you know, moving down there. But first I'd heard, uh, I've heard, uh, and it could have just been a miss, a miss, uh, a mistake or a miss saying by him, but he definitely said Benjamin's working on it in the wow. Buffalo nickel. So that's an interesting concept. Um, I'm just wondering, like, I don't think the Buffalo nickel is a real position. It's a mythical, uh, it's a myth. It's like Bigfoot in the moon landing, right? It's like, it didn't really happen. Uh, it's not really, I'm just kidding. It's not really a thing. Like it's just whatever they need it to be. Is it, is it a dime back at this point or is it, you know, just like an extra defensive back? Is it a, you know, who knows? So, you know, just because they said he's there, doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, playing Landon Collins position from last year. He could just be that extra defensive back that they put in, in the nickel situation. Um, but yeah, it is, it is interesting that he did mention that. And that's not something I heard because, you know, I, you know, I did. I don't recall. He, it, I may be wrong. I don't recall him. You know, making any big sticks or any kind of any kind of run support from St. Juice last year, uh, other than maybe the play he was concussed on. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I haven't heard a lot about him and run support. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. You know how that defensive backfield shakes out. He did have a lot of good things to say though about guys like Derek Forrest. He said he looked really good in coverage. Yeah. Uh, in addition to his special teams play. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I did read, you know, Percy Butler made a couple of plays uh, as well, although might have, one of them might have been pass interference. But uh, so th- I think there's some potential in the defensive backfield. But uh, yeah, you hit it. You hit it on the head, Rashad. Uh, William Jackson's got to be good this year. Um, and hopefully in year two, he will be. Yeah, that's um, that's a that's a that's very interesting and also a little concerning that uh, you're going to take uh, Benjamin St. Juice, who's had a concussion or had a couple of concussions last season and asked him to play a Buffalo nickel position, which, you know, we're told plays near the line of scrimmage um, and is more involved in the run game where he's going to be, you know, dealing with guys bigger than him. Um, that I don't, I don't know if I like the sound of that one. Rashad, what do you think about uh, St. Juice, uh, who didn't kind of cut it uh, last year, and now we're going to drop him in there to play with some bigger guys? I, I'm starting to think that Ron Rivera is just calling the entire defense Buffalo nickel to scare the fans. So like, just you can put whoever you want at the Buffalo nickel. And we'll just listen yep. because you said that. Like, I just I'm by Gary Matthews, by yeah, Gary like, Matthews, Buffalo nickel. Anybody, he's Buffalo nickel. Like, we don't. I don't even think we really know what that role means because Ron Rivera just uses it as much as he possibly can. So I don't even know what that role fully means anymore. But in the way we think of it. I'm interested to see it because you kind of have to move in space and he's never been like a really twitchy guy to like run up and make a tackle or run support like we said. So is it guarding tight ends or is he actually just playing Buffalo nickel? Like I don't, what does that really mean is my question. <laughs> what does that really mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think you're right. I think it's just, he's just saying it as much as he can because people love to hear it. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think if we if we're we're talking about a Buffalo nickel that is going to play up near the line of scrimmage, that's going to be chasing down uh, the running back and things like that, or trying to make plays in the backfield. I mean, the two guys would be Kalik Hudson, who played that position in college, that um, that uh, hybrid role, and uh, Derek Forrest, who uh, seems to uh, to be a little bit better suited for. It. But uh, hey, if if Saint Juice can do it, I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, if I think, he can pull it off. I don't think anybody here will complain. But it's yeah, just, I don't think any of us can visualize him playing that position. <laughs> No, I think week one, Rivera is just going to roll out 11 defensive backs on defense, and they're all going to be Buffalo Nickels. <laughs> That's for a starting lineup. Yeah, no, yeah. Like they're not They're not going to know what to do with it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Jackson will be uh, helpless. Sticking with the uh, the, the secondary, uh, 
you know, our two corners, right? We, we, we know we've got Kendall Fuller. We know we've got William Jackson, um, the third. And, you know, we thought we had St. Juice. He's now going to be playing Buffalo Nickel. Uh, who, who, do knows, we, yeah. who do we have after that? You know, we've heard some names. There's Danny Johnson, um, Christian Holmes. We've heard uh, uh, made a couple of plays uh, today and yesterday. Uh, even Bobby McCain actually called him out and said uh, Christian Holmes, uh, you know, surprised him with uh, some of those plays. And I know we uh, – We've talked about uh, Christian Holmes on our podcast um, a couple of times as a guy who could probably be the slot corner. Um, Rashad, what do you think about uh, who are going to be the depth guys behind uh, Kendall and William Jackson, the third at corner on the I, outside? I, I do like the Holmes pick a lot. I think he's going to find a way on the field just in random. Not random, but Ron's going to find a way to put him on the field. But the way our depth chart's looking, I can see Ron putting more safeties on the field than corner, unless it's like complete, like empty. But three, I don't see him putting three corners out there because we have so many somewhat versatile safeties. And if you're putting St. Juice in that mix, you just added another one that you could throw in that mix. I don't know how many corners by definition we're going to have on the field at the same time. That's a that's a good point about the uh, the actual corner versus uh, versus safety uh, on that. I like that, uh, Eric. What do you, what do you think about kind of that depth behind uh, Kendall and William Jackson the third? Yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta remember Danny Johnson's here, and he's like Rasputin. Like you can't get rid of that dude. He's just gonna always be around. Finds a way, um, and good on him. Yeah, he's gonna find his way on the roster. Uh, the kid they signed out of the USFL, Channing Stribling. Interesting. He's got that that uh body type that uh del rio tends to like in this corner he's a long corner long long arms uh so we'll see he got an interception in camp today i believe so keep an eye on channing streamling um and outside of that i really don't know you know dewan neal's out there he was there like corn elder's still around troy apke's gonna make the team as a special teamer um you know corn elder got some run last year uh, Dewan Neal. So this, there's guys that are going to be there. Josh Drayden, uh, first I've ever heard of him, um, but he's out there as well. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, somebody's going to emerge from that. But I, yeah, I think uh, Christian Holmes is a, uh, is going to be a contributor. Um, because, you know, we've, we've heard, heard a lot of glowing reports from him from, from analysts and from, you know, now reporters are seeing it and players are, are going on him. So I think he's definitely got a spot in the mix. And uh, yeah, a couple other guys that might sneak on. You know, you know, a couple of special team guys are going to make the roster. And yeah, I think you know maybe Stribling would be one, just to keep an eye on in in training camp and throughout the preseason. He's going to have a real opportunity. Now, those are good names to uh, to keep an eye on. And uh, with Christian Holmes, uh, we had Corey Yates from Recruiting Analytics tell us uh, yeah. a couple of months ago that uh, he uh, would you know, would and should be a steal of the draft and uh, should probably find his way into a slot corner role. So hopefully uh, that pans out. It's, it sounds like he's already starting to turn some heads out there. But uh, Rashad, I saw you make a face when you heard Troy Hapke's name. Are you, are you a Troy Hapke guy or not? I just – I don't know how he's made it. I, I don't. I never hated him as a player, or as a pick. I just don't know how he's actually made it this far. Well, you and Troy, yeah, Troy, Troy has no idea how he made it this far either. He's like, fast. He's, I mean, he's got four three speed, and he can apparently track down punts. Uh, or he's a good gunner on those special teams. But I mean, you know, speed speed kills in the NFL, and he's got it. So it's like you know. Being like a seven foot center, like it doesn't matter hey, how bad you are, the, you're going to keep getting chances yeah, because you're a seven yeah. foot center. So if you run a four three five, you run a four three five, you're going to keep getting chances. You got me there. Yeah, you can't really argue. You can't. You can't coach speed. That's what they say, right? You yeah. can't coach speed. Yeah, but you got to get the best out of it, which he's thus far hasn't done, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Well, I mean, yeah. how is this the best of him though? Because like, how like if he went to another team, what would he just become this great safety that was hidden? I don't think so. I think this is only only if we cut him. If we cut him, if we cut him, go to Twitter and every fan on there will be like, he's going to be a superstar. Then we'll never hear from him again. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, I think that he's, (laughs) you know, he's found his niche in the NFL as a special teamer. That's what he's going to be. Um, just, you know, he has struggled every time he's been on the field as defense, as a defensive back. And, you know, I don't see that changing in year four at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's carved out a role and I think, you know, the coaches, the special teams coaches love him. Uh, so he's got a job. Uh, it's his to lose. Was he a third or a fourth round pick? Uh, fourth. 
Okay, he's the guy good. that at the combine, like Deion Sanders, like stopped mid sentence and was like, "What?" He was Yo. just talking about something else with Accuracy. So find that clip if you haven't seen that clip on YouTube. Go out there and find it. It's hilarious. Just do the you know the Troy Apke forty, like Deion Sanders is like, "Hold up!" This is pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, he ran what time? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. I remember that. Oh, the uh, the great mystery of uh, Troy Apke. Uh, to go uh, a little bit uh, off the the field, I think um, I saw a picture today. Fan turnout is. Uh, and the, the picture was like of like three fans there at uh, training camp today. Uh, what, what do you guys think about the uh, the, the low turnout um, for the second day of training camp, uh, Rashad? I, I don't know if I missed something, but I just when I checked Twitter, everybody was like, oh, this fan lottery is stupid. This, that, and the yeah. third. What was that supposed to like? What exactly was supposed to happen with that? I think the lottery was supposed to be a way where they could kind of control the crowd, right? I think they yeah. were thinking it was going to be a big, um, you know, nightmare uh, in terms of volume of people and that the Ashburn facility isn't that great at holding a bunch of people. So they were trying to keep it from being too crazy and too hectic um, so people had a good experience. But I think it backfired on them because – you know, they didn't have that many people in general who were trying to go, and then the lottery kind of divided it up. So uh, they've got a, you know, what you saw today, which was a handful of people uh, there uh, at uh, at training camp. So, it's also a Thursday, though. People got jobs. Yeah, I mean, I have a job, but I, yeah, I think the lottery is probably there was. I think you'd see if there was no lottery and it was just open admission, you probably would have seen a, a decent crowd because, you know, people wouldn't have been, you know, in their feelings about it. But, you know, also, you know, you're never going to have a big crowd on a Thursday at training camp. I don't think uh, even in Richmond. I mean, I went down there a couple of times during the week and the crowds were I mean, they were decent size, but they weren't it wasn't like, you know, sellout. There was maybe a thousand people there, but that was, you know, an open invite to a facility that's capable of holding it. So I just I wish they would just close it. I don't you know, I just it's yeah. it's just another thing for people to complain about. And I don't feel like listening to that. I try to tune all that stuff out. It's yeah. just completely irrelevant. But people are going to talk about it. It's just but, another reason for people to hate on the team. I was say it found a way to other sports media, though, like mm-hmm. seen it on a whole lot of it was a whole lot of bits of like, oh, look at this team at training camp. Look at all these people celebrating their quarterback. And then they yeah. cut to us and it's like, oh, wow, we make the yeah. news for being a bad franchise again. Like this is nothing new. My favorite, though, is that they would compare it to teams who were like in the AFC championship or, or like, right. Deep in the past. Like, right. look at the Bills. They had, the, you know, well, right. you know, the Bills were just the Super Bowl the- favorites. Yeah, let's go look Bills at them. Fans <laughs> are just Bills fans are different. They're just a different breed. That's a, that's a, I mean, I, I'm jealous of that fan base. That's a really special fan base that they have. They have amazing, you know, Bills fans are like Chiefs fans, but not felons, right? They're like good, they're like great fans, right? Sorry, Chiefs fans, but I mean, but, but whenever you go through a table and that's like the ritual of becoming a fan, like you're, <laughs> yeah, just, you're just different in the head. Yeah, like you're just you're built just, different. Right? Yeah, exactly. You're just built differently. Yeah, so it is what it is. I, I'm sorry, it sucks, but I, I don't really care. I wasn't there, so I I wasn't helping the situation. I guess yeah, right, right. They win games; it'll look different next year. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's that. There is no other thing truer than that. Win the games, people will come back. And if you win enough of them, they'll come back in droves. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. You can't uh, you can't keep putting out seven and ten and expect a big crowd. You've right. got to win games, uh, and you've got to win some playoff games as well too. You do that, people will come uh, right back. Um, one of the other things that just kind of happened here, and it just kind of broke, uh, you know, late this afternoon, evening time. Um, everybody's favorite uh, Washington Commanders owner. Uh, testified today um behind closed doors uh no subpoena um i don't like talking about them because it's a waste but uh what do you guys think about that eric i'll uh, I'll let you go first uh i don't know i just got this image of him sitting there like tron on Chappelle show just like holding up the fif sign like he's just not answering any questions but apparently um he did answer a lot of questions and he was pretty cooperative so um I don't know what to make of it because obviously it wasn't televised. And uh, I guess if the transcript gets out, which there, uh, apparently it will leak out at some point or not even leak, but it, it'll be released. So it'll be interesting to see what they what that says. Uh, the key there is to look at the actual transcript and don't look at what people say about the transcript because that's the worst thing you can do because everybody's going to spin it however they want it. 
I want to see the actual document. I want to see what was asked and what was said, like as it happened, I guess. Um, that's way more interesting to me than what, you know, Mike Florio or, you know, somebody on ESPN says about it. Cause you know, it's just going to be spun that way. Rashad, what do you think about uh, um, the, the owner testifying? Um, the fact that he found a way to make sure it wasn't televised in any way, it's just going to be a lot of hearsay until, like you said, the transcripts come out. But I don't know if these if this questioning is really making a push on getting him out or were they just questioning him about the situation like if, if he go if he goes through this and then just hides in his yacht somewhere else for another six months like what did we really gain from that right. exactly that's what's gonna happen yeah yeah all right if they subpoena him he's just gonna go out into international waters and hang out until uh the republican state congress most likely in the fall uh, that's what he's betting on so uh you know it's it, it's i don't see this isn't going to end with him selling the team uh, I just, it's not the owner. He, the, the other owners are too afraid of him. He will not go quietly and he will just, he'll, it'll be scorched earth if he leaves in the NFL. Yeah, he's going to he try to bring down the whole something. league. Yeah. Oh, he does. I mean, of course he does. I mean, they, they're all, you know, in the same little cabal. They, you know, they know what's going on. And I think that, you know, there's blue bloods in the NFL that don't want that type of stuff. And we always think about like the scumbag owners, but I mean, you got to understand like these dudes are all, Aren't, aren't aren't different <laughs> at that level? Like, there's everybody's got. You don't get to be at that point in life where Without if you don't something. have skeletons in your closet, you know. Exactly. So I mean, just as the, much just as what's they that? Had, uh, had just look at the Raiders. They just had uh, one of their team executives leave. Uh, it was about four or five months ago, and accuse you know the Raiders, you know Mark Davis, of the exact same stuff that uh, you know uh, Washington was being accused of, and it. Um, um, you know, obviously, it, you know, he's not as despised as uh, the owner here. So, uh, you know, it didn't kind of make the headlines, but it was literally the exact same stuff that, uh, you know, happened here more recently um, that uh, were, were being accused of. And they just kind of moved on from it. So, you, you, Eric, you're exactly right that uh, these owners, they're all the same. And it's not because they um, they're necessarily afraid of Snyder. Um, it's that they know if they remove Snyder, then the the spotlight goes to somebody else, and that somebody else could be one of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're well. creating a situation, you're creating a set of standards that you might one day have to be held to once he's right. gone, and that's right. what they don't want to do because you know nobody's nobody's getting off scot free in this situation. Yep, exactly. Um, enough about Snyder. Uh, you guys, uh, talk so about we, him we, all we, night, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. He's just, oh, he's, he's the worst. But uh, you guys have watched and read all the stuff happening in training camp these past two days. Anything stand out to you or anybody that you wanted to see more of that you didn't or something that surprised you, um, you know, these, uh, these first couple of days so far, Rashad? Uh, I, hearing the Kendall Fuller, like, playing well like i know he's good but we never really hear his name so just hearing him active and making plays it's like okay if we got the kendall that played here the first time before he went to kansas city and got a ring if we get that kendall fuller we're in a decent space as long as william jackson plays up to what he's getting paid to do we're in a pretty good space so that's who i was kind of excited to see who was making plays yeah. that you don't usually hear from yeah, no, he's very underrated. I think he's a really good corner. He just – I don't think he gets some of the INT totals that some of the other guys uh, get, so he probably doesn't get talked about. But right. I agree with you. He's, I think he's an excellent corner, and I think uh, I'm happy he's uh, he's on our team. Eric, what about you? Anybody um, that uh, you wanted to hear about or you were surprised at or something uh, that you noticed? Yeah, it's two days in, and the Sam Howell front is just silent. I haven't heard I was, a word that. was going to be my next. That was my second answer. I was going to say, where is yeah. Sam Howell at? But I didn't yeah, want to start a word from Ivan. Yeah, we heard about even the uh, third string guy throwing a couple picks today, but nothing about Howell. I'm just curious oh. as like what's going on there. Um, I, found, uh, you know. I found a good one about Howell. He threw a nice uh, ball over the middle to our guy, Samus Reyes. Apparently, it was a thing of um, beauty. That's the connection. That's the practice squad connection right there. It's going to happen. No, I, again, uh, no secret. I'm a big Howell fan. I'm glad we drafted him. Um, he's very raw and I don't want to see I don't want him to see the field this year, uh, but I can't wait to watch him in preseason because I think he's going to see a lot of action in preseason and I'm really looking forward to it. He may not look great, um, but 
you know, just getting him that game action because uh, Lord willing, he's not going to see any, uh, you know, in the, in the, in the regular season. Cause if he does, it's the season is not going well at that point. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I I'm a big hell fan, but we, I don't want to hear his name right now during training camp, because if we hear his name, that means there's, there's some kind of controversy and there's going to be some kind of comparison. Well, Hal throws this better than, than Wentz or Heineke. I, I don't want any of that. Let's, let the focus be on Wentz and yeah, the preseason, Hal can shine uh, in the preseason and then go back to the bench uh, right after preseason's over. Um, but, you know, for me, uh, I, I did want to hear some, you know, more about uh, Jamin Davis. I wanted to hear more uh, about him. I wanted to hear more about uh, the defensive line, uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, um, whoever it is that they are going, if it's James Smith Williams, I want to hear more about his progression. If he's going to be the fill in Montez sweat, I wanted to hear some more about how those guys were going to bounce back. Uh, maybe not Jonathan Allen. He had a really good year, but, uh, the defensive line as a whole didn't have that great of a year. So I wanted to hear, uh, some more and see some more from those guys, how motivated they are, uh, in this, uh, in this second, um, you know, or third year so far, but, uh, anyways, um, Guys, anything else, uh, Eric? Anything else you wanted to uh, to mention or talk about? Just the uh, the usual announcements. Make sure to hit us up on YouTube, uh, like and subscribe, leave a review on all of your favorite podcatchers, and uh, Brian will fill you in on the rest. Yeah, guys, uh, please make sure if you're not subscribed uh, on the audio podcast, you do that. And if you have the time, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, it just takes a minute or two. Uh, it helps the podcast grow. It helps other Commanders fans see us. We also have a website, wftdeclassified.com. We've got some great articles. Ellie just wrote one about Curtis Samuel and uh, also about uh, some reasons for optimism with the team this year. Uh, you can subscribe there. That way, anytime we drop a new interview, new article, podcast, whatever it may be, you get a notification. You're the first to know, and you can read it right then and there. Um, also, have the YouTube channel. Please subscribe and uh, smash the notification buttons on that as well. Rashad, you want to tell people where they can find you and what you uh, got working on? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm at Damage DC Fan on Twitter. The D and the C are capitalized in DC. Um, me and my friends do a podcast called Sports Pain Index. It's kind of a like a, a lighter version of the sports news. It's not necessarily as serious. Going a little more the funnier route, but we still get talk about news and everything. But it's a little bit lighter than other podcasts. But yeah, follow me on at Damage DC Fan at all platforms. Awesome. And I might be on here again. Who knows? I'm cool with you guys. Would y'all let me back on? I, I might be on here again. <laughs> are we Are we going to be on the Sports Pain Index? Yeah, so, uh, that's we a possibility. Do a, I'm not, I mean, we got to do a little. Out. We, we, we got to do some out. payola here, man. A little, we little yeah, backtrack. We got. Yeah. We, we make that deal now. Uh, but no, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, we look um, forward to uh, to to having you on. And uh, Ellie, hopefully uh, you have a good vacation. We'll see you back uh, next week, everybody. We'll see you later.